This is the Art of Warcast, a podcast about Legend of the Five Rings, the living card game from Fantasy Flight Games. Your hosts are Tobin Opus, Carl Anderton, and Doug Keister. Episode 53, Echo Bird Unbound. All right, welcome. I'm Tobin Lopez. I'm Carl Anderton. I'm Doug Keister. What are we up to today, Carl? Well, Tobin just got back from Gen Con, so I assume he'll talk about the, the L5R, L5R team, team event, event. The, new the new Keyforge, Keyforge houses, houses, Marvel, Marvel Champions, Champions, and... and, and wait, hold on. Is there an echo? Is it just me? We'll also talk about Phoenix, Phoenix and the, and the Echo, echo bird. bird. We also have new fiction. And we'll even propose a solution to the fun that is Echo Bird that we're pretty sure no one saw coming. <laughs> yeah, we have a special announcement to, to try to move into a slightly different direction. Uh, th- just offer folks a slightly different direction, a m- different way to play L5R. Uh, okay. So we'll talk about that later. That's yet to come. Ooh. But yes, Gen Con was a thing. Gen Con, uh, and... I don't know if you gentlemen even listened to our podcast, but I did record a couple of episodes. <laughs> so I listened to the first short one that was like, and nothing was said. Yeah. Like, and Hello. that sucks. Yeah, it really was. Uh, Con, uh, you know, uh, it was a, a wonderful convention. The first day, there was mixed feelings with L5R, right? The, the whole snafu that, that happened with the promos and all that stuff. That was there was a was limited, heavily limited promos. The oh wow! Promos really? were heavily limited, Ow. and so you had people earning Koku to try to get these promos, but the promos were limited to one per one card per player per day, and people who were coming with Koku from previous events Yow. bought out the house, right? So then, by the time I even had two Koku to spend on a card or three Koku or whatever, they were already gone. Ouch. So I was like. Feeling really embittered there, and but FFG heard that. Mm-hmm. Matt Holland got an earful of that, <laughs> and we moved forward. And they brought in a a whole ton of cards. They kept the limit every day, but they didn't run out. Nice. Uh, um, and I managed to get thanks to Merlin Floyd's generosity. I managed to get uh, the one card I was missing. Uh, so I got a set of Shinjo Ambushers, I got a, sh- uh, a set of uh, Steadfast Witch Hunters, mm-hmm. and I got a Ooh. set of uh, the Haruma Ambusher. Oh, blimey. Yeah, the, sorry, the, the Skirmisher, the, the covert guy. The yeah, I was going to say, all those, all those are yeah, cards those are you're cool. definitely playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, the yes. Ambusher was the one that went off the shelves. It's amazing, the Cavalry Ambusher. Now it has gorgeous art, mm-hmm. so there's a reason for that. But wow, it was wonderful. Um, I, had, I had a horrible team event. To put it mildly, uh, those of you who have listened heard that I totally just, it was the first time I played. This is a real illustration of Jigoku versus real life. I think it was the first time I played that crane deck in real life, and I was missing triggers. I didn't ever gain, I was playing Seeker Void. I didn't ever gain a fate from the Seeker roll in six games. Uh, My last game, we were playing against a, a fine young gentleman. And I said, right before he declared, he said, I said, okay, don't forget your fate from, if he reveals either one of these two, don't forget your fate. He goes, he attacks one of those two. I flip it. I say, no defenders, no actions. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I concede. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not worth playing. And he's just yeah. like, looks at me like, what? And mm. I'm like, yeah, like you already broke one. Uh, I, I, I can't play this for crap. That what also added to a little of the vitriol on my side was that we played of the six teams that we played, five of them had unicorn lion and something else. 
<laughs> there was only one team that didn't have Unicorn Lion and something else. And usually the something else was Phoenix. I think the Phoenix was, uh, it was Unicorn Lion, Phoenix in three of the matchups. And then it was Unicorn Lion and Scorpion and Unicorn Lion Crane. And then the other one was like Crab, Scorpion, and Phoenix or something like that. It's like, oh, my gosh. I assume the team thing didn't allow you to double up on clans, hence the, uh, right. hence the, hence the division there. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> so you could, you could double up on Splash, but you couldn't double up on uh, clan. So that was a that was a bummer, man. Like we were like Jason, I think won two or three games. Sal won one or two. Uh, so they represented themselves okay. But like we had a lot of mirrors because I mean we were the unicorn lion and something else. We were yeah, unicorn so lion else, crab. So everyone else was right? doing that. Yeah. So everybody else was like, okay, let's avoid the mirror. We we were just trying like hell to avoid the mirror. That's a good um, one. That's a good one to think about though, because now you when now having heard about it being run. Of course, that team setup, the whole uh, enforcing non non clan division, non clan repetition, is yeah. going to lead to mirrors. Oh yeah, yeah, of course yeah. it is. It's yeah. going to lead to a whole ton of them. Yeah, yeah that's it, was it was rough. It was rough. I think they should do it again. I, I do. And yeah. next time, I will be sure and play uh, a clan, a, a deck that I've played in real life. And <laughs> that that was a huge mistake. So that was bad on me. I had some great games against some uh, worthy adversaries. I'm just going to go through this real quick because I, I want to mention these guys. Uh, Eric Long, he played uh, a crane. That was a slog fest. It was a, an absolute slog. We almost got to time. I had Dishonor. Dishonor was a possibility for a few turns, but I just didn't couldn't manage to finish it. Um, I, and so that was a loss. And then um, I played the only Phoenix player I played was Michael, and he was playing with IMS with Scorpion Splash. Ooh. So that was rough. Um, my decks in that game, my deck just never synchronized. You know, you have to have those the decks kind of working together. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. So I was 0-2. So I was already out after two rounds. I'm like, okay, I'm not making the cut. Let's have some fun. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and then I ended up playing Chris with a uh, unicorn uh, Shiro Shinjo. Mm-hmm. That was a tight game. It was amazing. He had a third province. I was going on thir- on stronghold. I had him at one honor. And I was going stronghold, and I was going to win. I had watched Commander, so he couldn't play any cards. And uh, he's, he just said, you know what? I'm going out on my terms. God darn it. <laughs> Captive audience, I die. Good game. <laughs> right? So, so, he took, so he took all our, my, politicals, my political folks hostage and then died in the... In the subsequent, in the, uh, in the subsequent, <laughs> subsequent anti-terrorist raid, as exactly. it were, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, I played Julian from LA. He was playing Unicorn. That was a fun one. That was a Chagat. He had Chagatai with two fate on him, like second turn. And I Ouch. have. I was playing with Cooney Labs and ten conflict characters, and fourteen cards into my deck. I had no conflict characters. I'm like, I am set up for this. I am set up to just beat face. I just need a freaking conflict character. Just one. And then, like, I earthed to get to 15. No. But then I played. Then then he hit Illustrious Forge. And I see four conflict characters and one attachment. And I'm like, oh, there they are. I'll put this attachment in play and shuffle my four back in. And so now I'm at 16 cards in hand or 16 cards out of the deck. There's... Out of the 24 left in the conflict, there's 10 characters in there. <laughs> and so I survived Chagatai. It was not necessarily pretty. easy. No yeah. Pretty. yeah. Um, and, I, and I managed to, he stalled out. Chagatai stalled out. So I, I got that one. <laughs> um, I played Troy Price, uh, Scorpion player, and I didn't follow my own rule. If after round two, 
I'm not having fun. Mm-hmm. I need to concede. I went round three, and then I conceded at the end of round three, I think. <laughs> um, and then I went against a, uh, a another crab. It was a crab mirror. I avoided the mirrors for quite a, quite a bit. In the last round, I played crab mirror, and he, the gentleman was from Canada, and he hadn't seen the second pack, so he didn't know what disguised oh. char- the, this guy's character did. And he yielded to dishonor at that point. I readied somebody. I put in my disguised character and went at it, and he had one honor. He had no one to block, so that was it. But it was a fun, that was a fun day. That, was, that really was a fun day. I went three and three. I, I made some mistakes via crane. Eric, my, my first crane opponent, he really helped me out. He's like, hey, listen, you had all these saves. You need to play. And he gave me some good advice because I was using my disguise character, mm-hmm. and, and I would put out a small guy with no fate and then try to save the bring disguise in my mm-hmm. bring in my disguise guy with that bushi and then save the disguise guy with no fate and he's like no play the and this was really astute this is why i want to mention this i took what he said and i applied it and i think in the last game i took a caillou envoy a one cost mm-hmm. one one cost one zero right courtesy sincerity caillou envoy I had an Iron Mind in play, and I, Yomino, which is the disguised crab character, he's sitting there. So I play Caillou Envoy with three fate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I pay four for him. I'm like, mm-hmm. here you go. Yeah, get him out. Yeah. And then I skip. And then I pass, and I, and I have a, a, a boatload of fate. So then, I, so then I use Caillou Envoy. I have the Iron Mind, so the Caillou Envoy isn't going to go away unless something weird happens. Mm-hmm. So... He went away. He attacked militarily. I put a katana on him, put another katana on him. He's coming in for five. He he comes in. Boom. I managed to honor him. And then I disguise in my Yumino. And my Yumino now has a katana, uh, two fate, and, and is honored. Mm-hmm. So now he goes in. That That's what won me the game. Politically, I went in oh, yeah. for four or five. And it was amazing. And when you that when was you, that was a, that was a real learning opportunity for me. Totally. When you disguise in, do you mean do you keep the state of the character? Or do you basically get a ready off it? No, you get a ready yeah, off it. Yeah, that's the kicker. That's yeah, the that was what for. that was yeah. what he didn't know. Yeah, I haven't right? done that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a big deal. I've got to say though, if someone is someone is dropping a one with three fate on them right now, you have to be going, okay, who is this guy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, on. yeah. Well, I <laughs> just to be safe, I think I put a reprieve on him too. <laughs> like I'm like, I gotta save this guy. Like no matter like if you assassinate and then I iron mine, I gotta do something. <laughs> I, think, I think narratively, um, a one-one with three fates in them is now the equivalent of the dark stranger in the long cloak walking in with a suspicious jingle. Okay, <laughs> yeah. who is this guy? Yeah, exactly. Come on. exactly. <laughs> I, I am a but a humble envoy coming to you from the wall. Yeah. Oh no, I'm told, actually I'm sorry. A <laughs> you turn you like you yeah. the mask off. He like a <laughs> Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> um, Old man Casada. Yeah. <laughs> So and I would have gotten away <laughs> with it too if it wasn't for you, darn kids. If it wasn't for you, darn disguise. Yeah, Scooby Crab. There you yeah, go. There Scooby crab, crab deck. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> That's it. I've, I've got did an idea for another one. We just come up with a deck archetype. We did. I've just, oh, yeah. just got an idea for another one of the um, thingies to do that. Yeah. You like if and if <laughs> crab gets what is it? Keeper of air. Crab is supposed to get. They oh. could go scorpion splash and and splash the scorpion. Uh, oh God. Conflict character oh disguise God, person. Horrifying. <laughs> That is the Scooby Scooby Crab deck. Scooby Crab, baby, Scooby Crab. Oh, if it wasn't for your kids, Crab Snacks deck. Uh, All right, okay. So, but but on to some news. So, um, one of the cool things is uh, Justice for Satsumi is right around the corner. For those who didn't get it at Gen Con, it looks like it'll be in stores uh, as we sit here about ten days from now. Momentarily, the twenty third, we think. 
Yeah, uh, we have a copy here, uh, so that was cool. Children of Heaven was also at Gen Con. That was one of the big snafus that I mentioned. So the promos was one thing, but Emperor's Legion was supposed to be there, and someone just put the wrong pallet on the truck or put the wrong pallet on the plane or whatever else. So instead of Emperor's Legion arriving, it was Pack 4, which is Children of Heaven. Oh my so God. Uh, people were like, just that's not nice, that excited. We, yeah. we knew what was in there, right? So that's the, yeah. we talked yeah. uh, earlier episodes, the price that we pay for knowing what's coming. Yeah. The price that we pay well, for knowing what's coming yep. is There's not wanting it. There's been a technical <laughs> full, full spoiler for the set, hasn't there, which I've done my best to ignore because I hadn't yeah. encountered it. So, yeah. You know. To fix this snafu, I'm kind of hoping that FFG will just dump, you know, Justice for Satsume and Children of Heaven on us, like on us doors early. Just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One can only hope. It'd be nice, just so that everybody can have access to the same cards equally. And 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 you, people weren't excited about getting them at Gen Con because they wouldn't be released, and they're not even legal for play until they're officially released in stores. That, right, that's right. the kicker, right? Yeah. That was the kicker, and we knew it was in them, so no one was really excited about it. Emperor's Legion hitting would have been amazing. That would have been fun. We would have played a lot. Yeah. I think yeah. we would have played a lot of casual games at, at, in, in, of L5R at Gen Con had Emperor's Legion hit. Right. So, uh, but we had some. So there, in the in-flight report, as as we talked about, there wasn't anything Elf Ever related. They didn't. There was cool stuff in it. There was cool stuff in it, but they didn't talk about a lot of their very popular games. Well, I was going to bring this up as well because I saw that obviously when you posted about that, and you weren't the only person on the interwebs going, "Where's it? Where's everything else?" You know, Elf Ever and all the various other stuff was going. Anyone who wasn't Keyforge or wanting Marvel stuff felt kind of left out. Let's be fair. Yeah. Um, that's I think that's the thing with the in-flight report right now. It's one of their marketing pushes. That's what it is. It's not it's not the but informative thing it was. It's part of their marketing play. Even, but if you it's know. as a marketing tool, they still need to say like so I've actually seen on Reddit there was a, a post today that I saw of a guy saying, So I'm thinking about buying some card storage and it looks like the game is dying, so it, you know, if I get enough storage for the current card pool, that's gonna be enough, right? Well, <laughs> and like, the, and there, are, there are people in the comments going, uh, "The game's not dead. They have a release schedule for like the next year at least." Yeah. yeah. So, so when FFG doesn't, you know, talk about their their games in in things mm-hmm. like the the in flight report, mm-hmm. that that throws a pall over the game for the community. Mm-hmm. They're not talking about it. It must be dying. Right. There's what is wrong? Yeah. So why aren't they talking about exactly? It? Yeah. So, from a marketing perspective, talk about the games that are there. Even if it's just to say, this game is alive and well, we've got great products coming for you. Right. And that's exactly the feedback that I gave to Matt Holland. I, mean, yeah, I you, told you guys, Matt, yeah. I said, hey, listen, like, all you need to do, like, for, I, I, I mean, it's parroting what you just said yeah. back yeah. to me, right? I told him that, and I said, listen, this is the single most watched hour, hour and 15 of streaming that you all have. Like, it is Everybody who is a consumer of FFG products is watching this stream. Not a share of X-Wing, not a share of L5R, not a share of... It's a share of all of these people. It's the single largest stream you have, I'm sure. So take... And he's like, yeah, yeah, but we have to market the regular... I'm like, yeah, you know what? But no one talked about Netrunner, no one talked about Conquest, and look what... like and. Yep. Not that they foreshadowed what was coming, but they did. But, but people started wondering. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. if all you do is have one slide that says Arkham Horror, Mansions of Madness, L5R, Game of Thrones, these games are all going strong. We've got a year of product coming. Yeah. Uh, well, you th- say, thank you very much yeah. for playing. And that's all you do. Take Mention 30 seconds, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Mention now, their existence. The thing is, like you say, I, I, my point there is that um, 
FFG are not alone in this. If any of you follow other board game stuff, or particularly video games, there are huge amounts of people out there who do exactly this thing, who go, here's our current big thing, we're doing the marketing dealie, we're doing the, here's the new thing coming up, we're doing the E3 kind of thing, you follow mm -hmm. that at all. Mm -hmm. Here's all our stuff. Where's such and such a thing that's a fan favourite, it's really strong. Here's all our stuff, as loud as possible. You're quite right, they should be doing... They should be mentioning these things at the very least. Going L five L five are still around. We've got this whole lineup coming. Check our website. That's yeah. As, everyone, as long as anyone hears that, that's fine. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not because surprised because they didn't, the the alternative is everybody starts wondering. Yeah, no, it comes down agreed. to yeah. it, it's a simple equation or a simple question actually, not really an equation. Simple question: Do you want our money? Yes or no? Yeah. Right. If yeah. the answer is yes, talk about give us a little glad handing once in a while. Give us a little you know warm fuzzy. Yeah. Give us yeah. something yeah. Yeah. Well, so like that we say, know that you still care about oh, our game. Acknowledging oh, yeah. that the game exists, reminding regulars yeah. who are coming in who might have thought that you said yeah. that it was dying. You want new players it. to the game? Fucking mention it. Yeah. yeah. Talk and about it. You spend 30 seconds in that. You spend 30 seconds in an in-flight report, and then you don't have employees answering all weekend long. Totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and as an unreliable method of information dissemination as well, because they have to be asked to f for people to find out. But right. as we've said so, before yeah. on this cast, and has been said wide and far and across the interwebs, FFG is bad at communication. They're getting better in some ways, but here's one place where they're still falling flat on their face. Yeah, yeah no, totally. Yeah. Get, the, get the news out. All right, so some of the news that came out of the Infly report. There are new houses in Keyforge. Saurians, Grand Star Alliance. These look fun. So we now I'm have Star Trek and dinosaurs. I was, I was going to say, what, what was I calling it the other day? Was it Star Trek pa uh, uh, Paleolithic, something like that? Star, Star, Star Trek, Star Trek. Um, I'm bad on region on time periods that um, <laughs> the dinosaurs come from. Holy cow! I, I had I had a great joke. It was awful. Mesozoic Star Trek. It was, it was it was like it was going for an episode name like Star Trek Enterprise. It was like Star Trek. You know, yeah. Um, what I, I was talking to KT uh, Boundary. I don't know. I was talking yeah. to somebody at FFG, and they 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 described Grand Star Alliance as. Flash Gordon crossed with Star Trek. Oh, without any Star dogs. crossed yeah. with um, uh, Buck, Rogers. Or, uh, yeah. like, oh, Buck Rogers. Like all the 70s shows, oh, yeah. it's 70s sci-fi come together in one kind of I mean, it's, it's how Star Trek mismatch. originally was, which was slightly campy. Yep. Slightly. Yep. Um, and, um, <laughs> the original <laughs> Star Trek was the 1960s. It was. Yeah, yeah. But we're so talking about like Star Trek, and then, but then also late so 70s so Buck Rogers. So Buck Rogers, yeah. Battlestar, original Battlestar, that oh, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was about to say Mormons in Space. Yes, that was the original <laughs> Battlestar. I was going to say Star Trek and the Orville, honestly, that slightly, that fun edge on it. That's what they're going mm -hmm. for. Yep, you know, yep. So. And then the huge bit, the big news, the big new game so is the Marvel Champions living card game. This will be cool. So I want to play this. Yeah, it'll be cool. <laughs> it'll be cool. Um, they were. I was doing some demos for the game on Saturday and Sunday. Had, a, had some listeners come up. It was really weird. On Sunday, <laughs> I had half a dozen listeners just come up to me at the table and say, Hey, Tobin, I love the podcast. I'm like, well, huh, huh, oh, okay. Hi. Thank you. Like, Here's a sticker. Right? <laughs> Got to get back to the demo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was old school. They had some conquests. Some old conquest buddies came up and said hi, and we visited for uh, – Two shakes and a wiggle, and it was pretty cool. It was really pretty cool, and um, yeah, so it was it was fantastic. Then and so that was that was really cool. Marvel's Champions LCG. It's it's a lighter version. So for those of you who play Arkham, and I know there's some listeners amongst amongst our folks that do, it's Marvel. The big difference between Marvel LCG and Arkham is you're not doing campaigns, right? Mm -hmm. You don't. Right now, it's not. It's not part of the thing where you're kind of building decks. It's yeah. so you're not uh, you're not modifying decks in a single campaign 
and you're not you're not kind of and I know Arkham is built so that they say you don't have to you can just bring somebody else in but no one does that in reality well it's right? tricky to do yeah yeah I would say so, the big comparison to make here is actually closer to the Lord of the Rings CC, LCG mm-hmm. like single character the, the, the timers you have the setup it's much more of that kind of feel yeah, you know, yeah. where Arkham has taken it off in a different board game yeah. direction it's so. not it's not as heavy as Lord of the Rings it's not yeah, as heavy not as right. Arkham it's a lighter it's LCG cooperative game. yeah it yeah. is quite cool I sort of wonder what this means for a couple of the games that we don't talk about much. Upper Deck has two Marvel games, Legendary and also the Versus System two-player yeah. card game. Well, you know, you want to you want to also know what else what else I saw at freaking Gen Con? What's that? Marvel Splendor. What? Oh yeah, Splendor. You know the you know the the yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. the Not poker the chip though. game Splendor. Yeah. With Marvel, Marvel characters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you are aware that you are aware there's a Marvel code names, right? <laughs> Marvel Pictures code names. Oh yeah, oh been, my been God. quite a while. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They've been they've been so doing that kind of licensing Marvel for a bit. Marvel is yeah. everywhere. Oh yeah, all the place. I mean, well, the the Mouse House has been expanding. <laughs> it has been, <laughs> been expanding his cadre of superheroes. He's and own, we just own. watched. And the end game just came out yesterday. And yeah. my 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 family watched it last night. We got oh, physically. Nice. Yeah. 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 See, I, I, oh. I was I was going to say Marvel. Um, Right now, the Mouse House is making sure that it's full Voight Corporation. For those of us who've been watching, uh, watching yeah. the boys and get the get the yep. reference. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah. So one thing that, that <laughs> I don't, it's probably been mentioned <laughs> other places, but it bears a bit mentioning again. The Marvel LCG is the comic book universe, yes, not, not the right. MCU. Yeah, 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 not yeah, the yeah, MCU. Yeah. yeah. And also, it's. I mean, let's bring this up as well. It's one solid core set. There's a ta-da for you. That's the big relation to L5R. That's the big thing, right? Fingers crossed. 60 bucks for a full playset, core set. cards, too. All boom. There. You know, hopefully this is a trend for all future LCGs. One Mm. can only hope, yes. Because we know what everyone's going to say. Everyone bought at least two cores, realistically. There were very few single core people. Generally, they were paying 80 bucks. So if we're paying 60 for one complete set... Sweet, you know, or eighty yeah. or whatever it turns out to be for a, a game like L five R needs more. Right, cards, so like know? with Arkham, with Arkham you are buying two two core sets to get a play set of cards in the core set. Uh, with L five R, if you wanted to, you know, you had to buy three if you wanted the full play set. But you were at least buying two to get to make competitive decks out of core. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if if I can just you know plunk down you know a chunk of changing, walk away with a box that's got play sets of cards in it, like the rest of the freaking product line is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Th- here, take my money, please. Yeah, okay. and and the fact of the matter is, is that people are willing to spend sixty bucks for a full game. Yeah, totally. Right, that, people that, are willing the, to spend the, upwards the, of one hundred and twenty bucks for I, a full game. I Come think on, be what, realistic. I think yeah. what FFG has realized is that is that forty dollars isn't a isn't a price point they need to stick at anymore. Right. Well, it's it, they they can go up. They can go up to sixty and and. From the and retail, get more yeah. people. From the retail viewpoint, the $40 is a very carefully targeted area, and FFG doesn't release things in that area. Asmodee does, but FFG generally does not release things that sit in that $40 range. Right. In terms yeah, of what every, Pretty much everything else that FFG does uh, bottoms out. Like, the low end of it is $60. Bucks. Yeah, $50, $60, mm-hmm. $70. Yeah. If you look at any of their RPG books... They they pretty much they they do the you know, the full bleed full color glossy paper high production quality case bound yada 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 books, but they started about sixty bucks. Yeah, for the, for the, for the, the core compl- book at least. for the complete game sets like Edge of the Empire and stuff. Yeah, totally. yeah. That's yeah. the the Genesis book is sixty bucks. I believe uh, Shadows of the Beanstalk, the Genesis supplement for Android universe mm-hmm. is also about sixty bucks. Is it around that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so that like they're they're yeah. 
FFG is sort of the we start at sixty bucks company. Yeah. <laughs> so also, it, it makes sense to bring the LCGs up into the into line with that. Yeah. In, in the in the part of the industry that they're operating in, that is the kind of standard. There's so many games right now. I could talk talk to you guys about a, a competitive card game self-contained one I picked up the other okay, day. Okay, with yeah. the the massive tsunami of board games that have been happening over the past couple of years, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. So but isn't there isn't I heard I think I heard on Team Covenant one of their podcasts that something like several thousand games were released like we're talking about thousands of games new new board games analog yeah. games being released in the last few years yeah each year i'm gonna say so yeah, you're talking about to, like yeah. seven seven games a day for you, every day of the year you would have to give me a moment to go and pull up numbers but this is something i i literally read on a daily basis yeah it's been we're, we're at the point where we're talking the early days of mobile game bloat Mm-hmm. You know, you know, going to your app store and going, holy cow, there's all this stuff. Yeah, we we at the cafe curate what comes in and have to pick and choose because it's just not physically possible. To well, hit but a and quarter of the companies market. are right. companies yeah. aren't just published, you know, publishing things they think are A titles anymore. Mm-hmm. They're publishing like B and C level titles because you know yeah, they they've got they've got room to do it and they'll sell. People are hungry. And they're still for fun it. games. You know, and it's also it's also easier to polish those. The production values are easier to, to improve yeah. now, which is the big deal. And on the flip side of that, companies have noticed this. I think it's AEG um, purposely limited themselves to four major releases this year, where yeah. like literally going here are our four things. Everything released will be the core set for this or stuff to, to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so they personally gone. We're not oh, wow. going bloaty. Okay. We're not going to okay. do it. So some self awareness. Well, yeah, because yeah, they've yeah. run into some problems recently, like with Scorpius Freighter. Oh lord, yeah, don't even go. We're, <laughs> we're getting well off track here, but we're getting off track into my regular work day too. So, you know. what, what <laughs> of, one of the things that was really cool, uh, and this is again a little off topic of L5R, of course, but it, for the Keyforge during the Infly report, they did announce that they will be releasing a new Keyforge set every May and every November. Oh yeah, I just May, May, November, May, I, November, May, I heard November. Said, but I hadn't, and that's a yeah. big deal too. They're they're setting themselves a calendar. That's going to be yeah. quite a uh, release treadmill for that for that game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's it seems Keyforge isn't too barring the, like testing the sets. Keyforge is basically set and ready to roll, as it were. Right? You know. Right. Not something. Well, not it, out, but so. uh, it's it. I mean, this is both a good thing and a bad thing. I, it's it's mostly good. There there's 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 a bit of double edged sword to it, but. Uh, just as long as you know, because it, it has you have some problems possibly with you know deck viability long term and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like if you look at the Magic release schedule that Wizards does and and the way that a lot of other like tradable collectible games work, mm-hmm. that that's a the sim- they do a similar schedule. Well, they're, so still, they're still on half the uh, less than half the product release schedule of Magic. True, because like Magic easily. does one what once a quarter. Yeah, what, main main releases once a quarter, with summer having specials and other seasonal specials too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean well, and then now they released first set November last year. They released second set May this year, mm-hmm. and then set three Worlds Collide is set for release in November. So October November coming up is manically packed, by the way. Mm-hmm. FFG front, mm-hmm. jeez. Yeah. Now, again, Emperor's Legion, Emperor's Legion didn't show up. I'm really excited to see that back. Uh, you know. Yeah, I'm see, hoping. See what, see what uh, happens, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, will, they, yeah, will they change the release schedule? Will they uh, will they swap? You know, pack four with em- Emperor's Legion, or will they just keep to the same release schedule? I wonder. Well, there's not too many weeks left in August, so I'm hoping Emperor's Legion goes to shipping quick, right? Because yeah, that me was too. Spo- that was the original that was the original uh, goal for to get the released in August, but it's looking more like it's going to be first week in November earliest. Yikes. So, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Now, one mm-hmm. other end cap 
piece to Gen Con. Do you mean September or November? September. September. You I was going to say, holy cow. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. September. September's not Sorry. so horrible. So, yeah. so um, one more end cap piece to Gen Con. I want to shout out to Merlin Floyd. Shout out to Sal Placencia. We, we had some great moments. Uh, Jason and I went to dinner with Merlin, who's with the Hidden City Rollers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made the trip. If He's you don't listen to the Hidden City Rollers, you should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Bacon. So so I, I don't eat pork. Uh, Jason ordered what's we went to Harry and as Jason ordered slab bacon as an appetizer. Um, Jason had a piece. He looked like he went to another world, right? <laughs> like in his head in heaven. Like he he like the look on his face was of of pure and unbridled pleasure. And Merlin and I said I don't eat bacon. And Merlin says, "Oh, that's that's that looks good." And he's like, "Oh yeah, it is." And, and, but Jason didn't offer him any. <laughs> so there's like six or seven pieces of this slab bacon down there, right? And there's, there's a little, they serve it with little pa- little, little quarter little pancake mm-hmm. pieces oh, and, some, yeah, and some maple syrup. So the, you dip you, the bacon in the maple syrup. You guys over here with that this, one, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you, so you do that, and Jason just had a, had a, just was in heaven with every bite. Oh. So what does Merlin do? Merlin has already had, uh, he shared his appetizer with me. That was cool. Uh, but Merlin decides that he's got to have this slab bacon. So he orders himself one. He takes the first bite. He puts it in there, and his eyes roll into the back of his head. I mean, it was ins- it was like okay, like so let's watch this. And he just bacon he right just now. goes. Oh, you just see like oh my god, and and Merlin, I think this is, I'm gonna do a try to direct quote, but he says, "That is so good." I understand why you didn't offer me any, and I'm not even mad at you, because I totally understand. <laughs> and by the way, none of you can have any. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, now, he, he did offer, I think Jason had a couple pieces of his, um, but it was, apparently this, if you go to Harry and Izzy's, so Merlin also had the uh, world famous shrimp cocktail, so he was yeah. he had that, he liked that, but I think the slab bacon took the cake. Well, you know... <laughs> The pig is per- perhaps the tastiest food animal on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone was passing through the other day one of those T-shirts. You know the ones you know, it shows on the diagrams. They have all the cuts of an animal. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yep. it was a big, old, it was a big old like um, a, a Wiltshire pig. I forget the kind of one, the big, big heavy shoulder thing with yeah. bacon, 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 bacon. That's it. That's what matters. That's it. So <laughs> I had to tell that story because it was, it was just a fantastic <laughs> meal uh, with with a couple good guys. Uh, it was really fun uh, and. and Great. Some really great moments. Oh. All right, so do we want to get to the fiction? There was new fiction released. So, so, yeah. so the first time Carl, in a long time, have we're you read the yes. fiction. Yeah, I read it earlier. Yeah. We're, we are we are recording on a Wednesday night because we had trouble scheduling uh, last weekend. Carl was under the weather, so am I. Oh. And things Gen are tight Con, for the next other things. Weeks. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So on. Uh, so as we are recording this afternoon, there was released a new piece of fiction. And it was all sorts of crany goodness. Yeah. So it was spoilers are upcoming. Yep, yep, yep. So we're gonna talk spoilers. Read and then come back. I will. I will do as I did last time we did this and give you a time stamp. Official spoiler cast moment in three, two, one. (laughs) All right. So a lot happened, but not a lot happened. Like. Again, I mean, setting. Well, the, there's a lot of stage setting. You have setting. to understand that the, the 
Well, how do, how do I'm, well, I'm trying to say this in a way that is not at all like you know racially or socially insensitive at all. <laughs> so, like in oh in, you're you're getting at the seppuku stuff for starters. In Japanese yeah, yeah. culture, there you know the things are like especially in, like in the fiction, like in anime and things like that. There are a lot of things that are done. They're they're small little things that mean that have great import. Yeah. You know, a and they they talk a little bit about it in the story about you know like they talk about the brush strokes. On a scroll, mm-hmm. that's the when that see, that 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 scene where they're talking about choosing the right the right kanji and the right brush strokes mm-hmm. and the right the right pressure with the brush to properly convey meaning. That is, there, there's actually there are like elements of that in in, in real and actual Japanese culture. That, that, mm. Oh yeah, you know, it's, there's it's, it's, it's little it's, small yeah. things, like if you're an ikebana artist, you know, a flower arranger. You, Doing like arranging your bouquet of flowers slightly wrong conveys the wrong message. It's kind of a there's there's a level of perfectionism. Well, subtlety is what I think we're getting at here. The story story is going for subtleties because I think when you were when you were deciding how to rephrase it first, I thought you were getting to the idea that there's a lot of prior weight in what's happening. That's um, true. There's also that. I realize I couldn't get his name in my head, so K-Man, we'll say. Um, Hutaru's. Hutaru, Hutaru, Hutaru sibling. Doji Kwanan. Kwanan, thank you. Could yeah. not stick in my brain. We, we've seen before what happened to him. We knew he'd been grabbed. We knew he was in trouble. He had to free himself. Mm-hmm. He came came back. He also he, Since we first encountered him, he's been all, you know, uh, Satsume was um, was uh, murdered down it. We've got to do something about this. Come on. Right, you know, right, right. He was the driving force behind right. it. Now, I've got to start with, he was definitely an asshole in this story. All the way through, I was like, would you go away? You know, yeah, basically, because yeah. I understood what he was getting at, but Hotaru's thing was all, that's great, but my people are starving and dying around me kind of thing, and the clan the clan is collapsing, so just knock it off, would you? And I kind of em- empathize with her at a dance like more. But you made the, made the point about subtleties, that um, that's kind of the problem he was facing, was that he sees the, um, the Satsume problem as a far more endemic issue within the Empire. This is the collapse. This is the collapse of something at the heart of everything we care about, right. because it's it's someone in power who shouldn't be. Kachiko, from his viewpoint, it's the corruption within the empire itself. It's the it's the uh, silent attacks on leaders and leaders. The, em- the emerald champion himself right. at that point being killed. He sees all those problems. Where Hotaro saw that's cool, but these people are hungry and dying. You right, know, right. You know, subtleties versus the practicalities. And then the but then the letter that he finds from Hotaro to Kachiko. Mm-hmm. Unveils is that's that's a letter that's evidence of betrayal. I, you know, Doug and I were talking on the way up. It's it's definitely evidence of betrayal. Whether or not that betrayal led to her acting against her father and creating patricide, mm-hmm. or or committing patricide, is one thing. Or just but it's down, definitely or just betrayal. downplaying his death. Yeah, right, right, yeah, or not caring. No, it's not. Maybe not so much. Not, there, there, there's, there's all sorts of facets and possibilities here. It could be that you know she's guilty of patricide. It could be that she's guilty of not caring. It could be that she doesn't want to look into it because she's afraid it might implicate the the woman she's in love with, Bayushi mm-hmm. Kachiko. You know, so there, there's lots of possible implications here. None of them good. But there's also something that, you know, you, that me reading into into it. Uh, I bring some of my biases a little bit. You know, I you know having you know been an L5R fan going back to the nineteen you know the the late nineties, the Scorpion are the masters of all sorts of subterfuge. What is the likelihood that they were able to exquisitely forge both Hotaru's handwriting, 
including her, you know, ink choices, brush choices, parchment choices, and fake her seal. You know, what's the what's the likelihood of them being able to do that and making a a forgery that Kikita Yoshi and Doji Kwanan won't know is a forgery? Well, there's, so there's a possibility there that I, that sort of I see a sort of unwritten subtext, but maybe that's me reading into it. I'm saying, looking at what's going on, it almost doesn't matter too much because, assuming we're not getting an unreliable narrator here and we're hearing Hotaru's internal internal monologue, she pretty much agrees with what she wrote there, as it were, with, with the implications around it. That she doesn't think Kakachiko is a danger. That she sure as heck didn't wish her father dead, but didn't agree completely with all, with what happened. Right. And she and she accepts the political ramifications of it, but isn't trying to play them up. As so that's a, one of the things why, where that leaves a question in my mind is that because it there are those hints of truth in there mm-hmm. that did she actually write the letter or not yeah it's it's it's, it's a, i think it's enough to have set the people that are against her against her which is right. the interesting part it's right? it's yeah. plausible yeah it's totally pl- it's plausible enough to get the suspicions raging so whether or not it's yeah. it's real or not at that point doesn't matter precisely yeah yeah D- does not in the slightest it is sense. enough to set quanon on the path that he takes yeah. which is crane civil war yeah i mean this is one of those tough tough scenes to watch as well i think because it's it's the it's the um, end of an episode of Game of Thrones, or end of a Game of Thrones season one, where you can just see the shitstorm approaching and they're just brewing up to it. I always find those to be the the interesting ones, but the uh, stuff to sit through because because you, you're waiting for the crap to go down, you know. Right, this right. Is all the, this is all the tense build up, you know, the, the uncomfortable stuff. So, well, in oh. the final in the final few in the final page or so, he cuts his hair. Yep. Right. So, and there's a picture of him from the card art. In the in the, on that page, and I just I, I really closely looked. I'm like, huh, yep, his hair is short. Mm-hmm. So oh yeah, yeah, it, it's it's phenomenal, uh, you know. And I'm not oh, well we, read we, up we, enough on on Japanese culture to understand the 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 implication of him cutting uh, his hair. Yeah, I, oh, I, I, my understanding is it's not miles off the um the katana and uh, and wakazishi kind of thing. A a, a a bushi certainly is not supposed to cut their hair away. It's a, it's an it's a dishonoring motion. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's it is a it's a so for partly for him it's a it's a relinquishing something. I don't know how much that applies directly to Rokugan, but my yeah. understanding is that in certain times in Japanese history, yeah, right. cutting the top knot off was a admission of admission oh yeah of, yeah yeah, of yeah. Defeat. I, I know that yeah, yeah relinquishing yeah. of honor yeah. yeah. Now one of the interesting parts is we we've you know and and I agree there's been there's been a, a, a critical mass of voices like we want fiction faster we want fiction faster. And we do, right? I think all of us would like to read a little. I want something. my novellas, damn it! Yeah, novellas too. <laughs> I want the crane novella. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but that that hasn't uh, people screaming for the next as because we brought it up. Mm-hmm. People screaming for the next Game of Thrones uh, <laughs> novel hasn't speeded up anything there. Well, and also, so okay, we well, would love to see this. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts <laughs> to this, right? Like they have to coordinate the cards and the lore and all that stuff and while they might have the plots laid out someone's got to write that stuff yeah but this is not game of thrones yeah no it is and it's only it's not one person uh, now mind you i not george please no one read that as a a slight to any of the authors writing fiction for l5r no it's not i think it's more 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 discussion about the production method they are they are you know the, the the fiction that i've read so far has been really great stuff very well written i've enjoyed it all the authors are great but this, this, the the fiction that's being produced is not quite on the scale of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Just, just, oh, like, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. like page yeah. count, number, you know, word count, that sort of thing. Just, you know, from that perspective, 
so yeah, but that's, it's also spread out over a bunch more authors and things like that. So I can see why th- that why things might you know be hiccupy here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But come on, I mean, I would turn around and throw you that I I think right now is I'm fairly happy with the release schedule, if only because what whenever we've got something, the quality and the plot line have been top notch. I wanted to say you know, good so quality, yeah, and so I, I'm just asking for it faster. Well, that's kind <laughs> of my point. I think it's a good it's a good old engineer's problem, right? Good good fast or cheap. Well, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's you know, true. Right now we're getting good. Good fast or cheap. I would I would like it good and fast. I'm willing to I'm willing to forego cheap. Um, there um, is a, there is an episode title. Doug would like it good and fast. <laughs> Moving up. Um, <laughs> Oh dear God! <laughs> um, <laughs> and thank you for derailing my train of thought, Carl. Uh, um, I was I was really enjoying the 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 releases of you know Clan Pack novella, Clan Pack novella. Oh yeah, I, yeah, would, Norman, I want yeah. I want the Crane novella to come out because I would like to read it. Have they? Have and they also, <laughs> I feel like the 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 storyline has kind of stagnated over the past six eight months. Like there's not there's not been a lot happening. We haven't been hearing a lot of things. There's not been a lot. The fiction has been kind of few and far between. It's well, like, okay, what's this happening? Is, this is the Crane's version of events right after the right, right after the Hante dies, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's the big deal. Like they that that's they told us that was coming, and this is the second one. Yeah. The first one being a couple of weeks ago with the I Tatori. Tatori, yes, yeah, Tatori. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And or Kaede, Kaede, Tatori. So that's the lion version of events. Then comes the then comes the crane, and we'll we'll we're making our way through here. Yeah. I have a suspicion that the scorpion one is going to be the last one because that will that will Probably. we'll find out then. Kachiko, the the result of Kachiko and uh, Bayushi Shoju uh, working at odds with well, little unbeknownst to Kachiko. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, we started with the scorpion basically, right? Because right, they were right. so d- directly in- mm-hmm. integrated with the events yep. around the hunter. Yep. Yeah, I, I I don't think stagnating is what I would say right now, but we're definitely in we're in the um, the drama trough, which is kind of the point because we have to be there to get back to the peak. You know, the the big event is clearly coming, and we're taking some time to get to it. But that's where we are right now is the low part of the wave. Yeah. So. In, in in terms of the big dramatic, um, it just seems bits. like they could be doing a little bit better job of stringing us along. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think the tension's you know, still building. So, like the 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 tempo of releases is wrong for keeping people interested in the ongoing storyline. Hmm. Yeah, uh, there needs to, there, yeah, there needs to be needs a to little bit more fast, consistent. It either yeah. be, needs to be faster or steadier. Hmm. I would prefer steady as opposed to fast. <laughs> you know, like a, a slow, steady, you know, release of fiction. I mean, this sort of mirrors FFG's problems with communication, I think, a little bit, uh, or, or else it's just part and parcel. But you know, like there should, you know, a slow, <laughs> steady release of information. A slow, steady, you know, here's a little bit more fiction. Here's a, you know, you know, every every few weeks. It seems like there, it's kind of been going in fits and starts. That's my problem with it. Mm-hmm. I can get that. Like I say, I'd, I'm not feeling it myself, but I can get that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so one of the last things that I wanted to talk about was Echo Bird, right? So Echo Bird is a thing, right? Uh, I'm Imperial Advisor, it, yeah, it was everywhere. There like, was 22% of the field, 44 out of the 196, 197 people. When I first heard about this deck on a podcast that I was listening to, and I forget which one it was, I, I knew it was going to be a good deck. And, I, and it sounded like it was more powerful than the good stuff Phoenix that everybody's been running since mm-hmm. uh, for a long time. Mm-hmm. That has since been nerfed. I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it is. No, it's if you. Uh, I, I listened to the most recent episode of Imperial Advisor, 
and they go through, I think they go through Brad Amon's deck, Brad, who was the winner of Gen Con, Coach mm -hmm. And basically, all the, all the high-cost characters in Phoenix that weren't quite worth it, they had powerful effects, but they weren't quite worth it because you were paying four, you were paying five, you were mm -hmm. paying so on and so forth. Now with Charge, with Fush with Forbidden uh, Echoes, right? Mm -hmm. Forbidden Echoes and Charge Bird, yeah. Yep. Yep. So you use the for uh, Forgotten Echoes, Forbidden Echoes. I can't even remember the name of the card now. The Echoes card. It yes. doesn't matter. Um, it's, it's, four, it's Four Bearers Echoes. Four Bearers Echoes, that's right. So Four Bearers Echoes. Because you can get Echoes to get any character in play for two, and if you do a Fushisho, then you get a 6-6, six, six, and then you get another character in play that's a 5-cost that has a fade on them. You're breaking the train. You're breaking mm -hmm. the, the, the and cost And if you have multiple curve. copies of Fushisho in your discard pile, you can do, you can, like, get, yeah. You can yeah, bad. it's you insane, can insane, right? So you, so you can play with all the powerful Shugenja that Phoenix have because you're not paying for them. And also, if you're willing to play with Gateway Tomato, also, you can you, you know, make it even a little bit worse. You don't have to because have Gateway Tomato actually, uh, Gateway Tomato, you actually have to pay the cost. Right. You don't have to ever pay. You could charge somebody in, you know, I know. and then you can, I, but you it, can it, it, and boom. I'm just saying it makes a bad deck worse. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. It's, it's, in, but like, you don't even have to, like, all the cards that are the, the cards that Imperial Advisor was was going through as I was listening, I was listening to it today, and it, it's insane. Like he's Brad played with so many high cost, very toolboxy dynasty deck, mm -hmm. yeah, right, and just because he could, it broke the cost curve. How, how reliant on that, those combo pieces is it working? I mean, you're talking about expensive car characters that are are they worth playing on their own? How how synergistic is this? No, you yeah. you. Can the, the, because the deck once that won Gen Con had yeah. Sukune in it. Mm -hmm. Th I think three of them, yeah. 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 Three because it's Sukune. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my point. If it's, if it's, but it's, it is relying on seeing the, the pieces to then make those guys worth it. Right. You're digging for Satoshi. That's the critical you're right. You're, you're in the right climb to dig, for. to be fair. Right. You're, yeah. you're, 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 yeah, you are uh, mulliganing to try to get Satoshi. Mm -hmm. And then you hopefully get Satoshi early so you can start getting shit stuff into your discard pile. Yeah. And then you you forebears echoes or or you to get a charge bird to start it up and yeah it's that's what I was kind of getting at there because like it, it is it's my understanding of how we can't we can't pretend it's not a strong deck it's been well piloted to a Gen Con win you know but I'm just curious how much of it is um I I'm I'm a fan of always talking about bad synergy you know combo combo decks they're not necessarily jank but the pieces aren't particularly strong separately but it sounds like yeah, the toys are there to get you, there so. it just gives you too many like forebears echoes gives you too many choices. Because even if you don't have a bird there, you might have a five or a four cost Phoenix character that is a huge deal in that setup. Have so you, you know they're there, and so then you can set up the conflict, set up the situation where they are the most powerful. Gotcha. Have and you seen? Huge. Have you played against the crab recursion deck with Gateway Tomato no, and all that? I'm, I'm well behind on that. I've seen that one a fair old bit more than I've seen in this book. All right, so yeah. this one, so the the Phoenix ver this is like the Phoenix version of that. And it's more consistent. That's what I'm kind of getting at. If it is more consistent in faction, then yeah, I can see the problem. So yeah, it's, yeah. and you know, and there are answers. I mean, Jeremy Campshire played Crane. He got second. He got to the finals, mm -hmm. right? He Crane can definitely work its magic, but when when Phoenix gets the nuts, when they get the even partial good draw mm -hmm. that's when it's just crazy uh, yeah that's kind of my point if, if it's still working when they're seeing a few pieces not the entire combo then yeah it's going to get kind of rough right really quick right. so and and yeah, yeah, yeah. basically like four bears echoes works in military charge works in military so you just somehow need to avoid a military conflict with phoenix 
<laughs> how, how, how do you do that, right? Because even if you're not blocking, even if you choose not to defend, they can echoes in a bird and bring out a five-coster, and, and they'll, they're, they're there. There have been proposed solutions. You know, FFG, Tyler, have, have uh, posted that they're aware of those things. We don't know. Uh, my doubt is that Nova is uh, like two weeks out. My guess is nothing's coming before Nova. It, so. it can't at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a couple of days time, right? Basically, is about well, it. you could do it, you need eleven days, right? Yeah. So you could do it. Would, it would have had to have dropped today, today or yesterday. Yeah, yeah. one of those days. Yeah. So, so but yeah, it's, it's not, it's not unreasonable to wait and make and let Nova confirm it and then hit it for Winter Corp. So yeah, you know, yeah. So that, that it's it's unfortunate. Now, on the right up here, we were talking about various games, Doug and I, and uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Champions came up. And I, I, I reflected, I'm like, well, you know what, maybe maybe there is one deck that's that's just uber powerful right now. But Champions, I bought into, I got, got early episodes of Champions, and that, that game broke really quickly. Like, so we're not there. Oh, no, <laughs> like, no, there are is, solutions to this. This is not a broken it's game just, by any It's if just, if uh, only for the speed it's regenerating. Yeah, right? yeah, and there's, and there's solutions coming. I'm confident Tyler will have something out in a timely manner and get it right. That was part of his post. It's like he could rush something out, but it could cause other problems. That's close. Right, so and, and he wants to get it right. You know, and you have to keep in mind also, you, because I'm sure there are questions out there about this. The, que the, the question that I'm sure a lot of people are saying, you know, it might be in people's minds, why didn't this get caught in playtest? Well, there's only the, the yeah. playtest community is small compared to the, you know, hundreds or thousands of people that play L5R. Yeah. So... Well, and it's an it's an air roll lock. So like, yeah. At the end of September, it's at the end of September, through through no th through the end of this month, uh, Phoenix lose Keeper of Air, mm -hmm. right? They might get Seeker of Air. I don't know what the what the clan is particularly you know headed towards, mm -hmm. but they're going to lose Keeper of Air. So this might go the way of the dodo very quickly, at least for Phoenix. That doesn't preclude Forebears Echoes from being a problem in other decks. I know, um, um, bring Hello Lions Splash Phoenix to do it, the same thing? No, I guess they couldn't. It's because it requires Fushisho, which is a dynasty character. Yeah, really, really Fushisho is the one that really breaks yeah. everything. And yeah. I would say as well, that's kind of the point, is that um, you, you comment on why people didn't catch this. A lot of the problems with this deck are from previous cards suddenly gaining a, right. an extreme lease of life when added to a new card. That's an old. That's a. That's an old playtesting issue that's mm -hmm. ridiculously hard to catch. That's the truth. Right. It's hard to catch you know. because there, you know, there's only so many eyes in the playtesting pool. Yeah, there's no, no it, uh, so many people debt building. That's the yeah. kicker, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, coming off that, right? So there was a lot of discussion, especially on Facebook. Mark Armitage, one of the one of the leaders in the community, he put up a a statement saying this needs to be fixed essentially i'm boiling it down to very mm -hmm. very raw ingredients but basically he says uh, we really need this to be fixed and there were, last i looked which was a couple of days ago and mark posted this you know the early after gen con so a week later it's got 200 plus comments this has been a huge source of discussion and if facebook has 200 comments i can i have got to believe that discord has just been burning up with it mm -hmm. right so what is this? So, and and then some subsequent people have said, "Hey, this let's just have fun, right? Like, the nerf this card, nerf that card, so on and so forth." And and so, this all happened alongside our plans. I was talking to people at Gen Con, and I've talked to you, gentlemen, and we've we've this has organically come around, where we have been talking about the fun of the game, 
how do we get to enjoy this game? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, well, uh, improve that. Yeah. S- did you guys read today's Imperial Advisor article? Uh, the one from Baz. Yeah, yeah. Baz's article. Yeah. So that that I think that dovetails with what you're what you're saying. Here. Yeah. So I think we need to talk about that also. Like that, this is a very ultra competitive community. It has been since it was old five R. We you know we understand that, but there's there's a there's a lot of people who are kind of getting burnt out in the ultra competitiveness. And right on the focus on the uh, laser yeah focus. on on yeah. the on the on the laser focus on the most efficient deck for every clan. Mm-hmm. Right when we've been talking, I mean we're a broken record about this, honestly. <laughs> yeah 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 how, for sure. Uh, how long have we been talking about you know the meta you know railing against meta decks and the stag- you know and stagnation and roll locking and things like that. Things that we see as inhibiting fun. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about this for a while. Yep, yep, yep for yep, sure. Yep, totally. And so Jason and Sal and I went to Gen Con, and we're bouncing ideas back and forth, and we're talking about things. And and one of the things that happened at Gen Con was this Elements Unbound tournament, right, that yeah. happened on Sunday. There was a low turnout because I think for the most people, people were really burned out on L5R, mm-hmm. right. as I was, right? <laughs> Uh, Jason and I worked almost the entire day demoing Marvel Champions on Sunday. The Jason worked the whole day in the in the on the floor, and I worked all but an hour or two. Um, so I wasn't able to do it even if I wanted to. But a lot of reports out of that out of the people that played had a ball, right? Mm-hmm. Cray cray was now, okay, basically so, what so, happened. So what was the premise of this? The again? premise is that it's the free of the rules, right? Roll for, roll free. You do not have to stick to the organized play role that your clan was assigned. You can pick whatever role you like and play with that deck, right? So it was an Elements Unbound, and that's that's what Baz's article was about. Is it yeah. time to free the roles, mm-hmm. right? He made some really good points in that he article. Did. He did. He did. I'd, I'd, I'd like to think that we, we had some of the same points in our previous discussions as well. Well, we well okay, he was, I mean... He was definitely building off of various discussions that have happened with absolutely. The yep, yep. I'm sure on Discord, on Reddit, uh, you know, I'm sure on Facebook, mm-hmm. and yeah, and on casts like ours. Yeah, yeah. But he he made some really like solid points about how the roles are being chosen. Yeah, and and that was the point. That was the kicker for me. The one thing that I hadn't considered was that because uh, so uh, there's there's a cadre of people that travel to these cotes. Because they love planning in them, and those are typically the top players, yeah, uh, some of the more successful players, and so those people are getting the vote cards, and those so the so instead of the votes going like more widely distributed, the votes have been landing in a in a smaller group of people. Yeah, the upper whatever yeah. five or ten percent of the community though, that go to these events. Yeah, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Whatever whatever number that is is yeah. the ones that are choosing the the fate of ev- of the, their you know their clan. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And so that was the thing that I hadn't considered. So and and we've talked about this before. What do you replace it with? So I think sto- we we talked about storyline decisions and things like that. There's other things that they can they can replace it with. Yeah. Now. So all this being said, <laughs> what are we going to do? Well, we partnered partnered with uh, John, who is running the Jikoku Training Grounds, and so we partnered with him because, uh, from all accounts, his the, now Discord Discord League has their has their thing. They have a massive player base. They're doing this. We're right. doing this in a in a completely different manner. We're partnering with John, and we are gonna. We'd like to sponsor or we are sponsoring mm-hmm. a elements unbound online jigoku league 
Jigoku tournament. So the details the details are on the server that John has established for that, and I'll have the link to the Discord uh, server in the show notes. But the idea is that we'd like to pr provide a place where you can totally experiment, totally do jank, experimentation, fun. Um, I will. I'm. I want to play in it. Uh, I will be playing in it. We'll also provide. We'll also provide some private support in the form of extended art cards that we have left over from our area tournaments mm -hmm. that the stores have been good enough to give to us. Um, we also have some Art of Warcast swag and other things as they become available. So we will have a link to that Discord server again, and that server will have all the information. We want to get the tournament started August 25th. So typically, as I understand it, it runs off. He has it on the, the, the pairings are not done like they are in the Discord League. They're done through a Lotus Pavilion tournament. Mm -hmm. And so you go in there and you either report it to him and he updates it, but you get a weekly match. Mm -hmm. And you can do whatever you want. You can change your clan. I don't care. Like, we, we're leaving this completely wide open for you. You can play the same clan every week and change the role. Or you can play a different clan with a different role, or you can play the same role with different clans. I don't care. We don't care. John and I are, and, and Doug and Carl, we all want to just, hey, have somewhere, have we, a little corner of the internet where you can play fun, janky like L5R. It, it's it's mm -hmm. like I've said several times. I am more of a casual player. I like playing in tournaments, but I, I am not a like a high-caliber tournament player. I like the... League communities that we have where people bring the weird shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, just I, w I would like to see, you know, new and inventive decks. Mm -hmm. And the games, tell you now, guys, the games that keep on going and going are the ones where the kitchen table play, which is what we're talking about, basically. Yeah. The couple of friends playing together. That's what keeps the game rolling. Yeah. So, really yes, this is. is going to be a kitchen table sort of league. Yeah. Yep. You know, and I, no one's going to stop you from playing the meta deck, but. I'm sure there's going to be a definite preference amongst the player base for not the meta deck. <laughs> yeah, you probably, uh, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to do that, that's your choice. But that's not what we're doing this for, right? Right. We're doing this to have fun. And I would also urge you, in order to to go more casual, go in a different direction. Uh, John has set up uh, at, at our request. He's set up some voice channels on the Discord server. So when you do go into play. Go into those game rooms and use your voice. There's no reason you can't talk with your mouth instead of chat with your fingers over this game. Which, right? I, which yeah. I am horrible at on GGOKU. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's open it up, get some audio going. You know, if, you, if, if you've got a noisy back, lot, back room, whatever, that's fine. Push the talk is a thing. We'll yeah, live. but, but we, can, yeah. we can definitely... We can definitely. Uh, I'd, I'd urge you to do that. I'd urge uh, urge participants to do that. So again, that's gonna. We hope to start that in about eleven days on the twenty fifth of August, which would be Sunday. Yeah. So nice. it'll be start on a Sunday. All right. Nice. And and again, we're gonna provide some tournament support, and more details to come. We have to iron those things out. Mm -hmm. But that's what we hope. I hope this uh, this resonates with with some of you. And you'll join us. It, re cool. it resonates with me. I mean, I'm not the hugest fan of, of playing on Jigoku. That's just, uh, you know, the the online, not seeing my opponent, you know, right. weirdness totally. of it. But it sounds like a great thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And if in, and if you're on audio with me, you get to hear my raspy Gen Con crud voice for the next couple of weeks. 
Oh, the goddamn. <laughs> and also the little sound effects, too. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. All right, so thanks to all our Patreon supporters. If you're interested in supporting our efforts, check out www.patreon.com slash outofwarcast. We mentioned in our last episode RokuCon, uh, that which is the uh, Michigan convention, fan, fan conference, made, convention, fan convention, yeah, yeah. fan-made convention that uh, Trevor Cuba is leading the charge on in Michigan, hopefully in the spring of 2020. So keep looking for that. He's posted some in Facebook. I don't, I haven't seen anything in on Reddit, but mm-hmm. maybe it is there and I've just missed it. And also, uh, Smokes, Tokes, and Rokugan is coming on November 8th and uh, at Joe Sensor. So put that on the calendar. If you'd like to join the discussion, have ideas for future episodes, feedback, or questions for us, you can contact us at artofforecast at gmail.com, via Twitter at artofforecast, via Facebook, or leave a comment in the episode's comment section. Please review us on iTunes. It helps other Rokugani find us. If you'd like to support us, check us out at patreon.com slash artofwarcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, honor is the deadliest weapon. So, wait, hold on. Walk us through it again. <sighs> so, he's in his quarters, right? This is Tatori, right? Shh, yes, him. So, he's in his quarters, and... And two scorpion dressers guards jump him, having infiltrated the Sapoon over the course of who knows how long. Thank you for reminding me. Ishikawa's bloody furious about that, I should add. But, I. And then... And then some bugger sticks a sword for him and sods off, leaving his poor wife in the captain to find him bleeding to death. Aye, aye, and then... Then Katie saves him, and no one sees any of them since. She brings him back to life? No! Now, mastery of the terrible secrets which make up the void itself allow her to reclaim his soul before he passes the final gates. Or something. Or something. It's what they told me, at any rate. So, he didn't die per se as such. What? I suppose he did die. Well then, good. Good? Good? Aye. Magical resurrection is a plague on effective narrative. When death is no longer final, said fictional setting loses all its dramatic tension. Have you been talking to that Phoenix fella again? Oh, aye. Why'd you ask? No reason.